0: Once again aboard Beef Station, join us as we rocket through the stars at the speed of sound. I'm Oscar. I'm Andrew. <laughs> Let's jump into it. <laughs> a bit of a different camber to
1: normal, and I thought I'd just run with it.
2: Yeah? Yeah. Oh,
1: right. Timber, camber, whatever. Maybe you're uh, like... that. Your what camber is Your left shoulder was a little higher than your right <laughs> shoulder. You're just on a slight incline.
0: <laughs> Hold my drink while I go and Google camber.
1: I don't know what any of these words mean um how are you good boy how are you i am also
0: all right it's been a busy couple weeks we're back after a week off off. i feel like we've um (laughs) when we first started this podcast i feel like we had more of an onus or maybe just more time on our hands more of an onus to stick to a schedule and we would like bend over backwards to like make sure something came out on a weekend yeah um and I think now and it's, it's like, just gotten to the point I've, where we're I've like... I've got a lunch on. Do you <laughs> want to just skip just, this week? <laughs> fuck it. Can't be skipped. Sque-
1: Granted, I was out of town. This I week. am actually... So busy that it hurts every day.
0: But like, I'm not like scheduling more shit. I don't understand how I'm busy. Like, I know I'm busier, but like, if I looked at my calendar six months ago and my calendar now, they'd be identical, mostly because I'm not great at using my calendar. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The more I use it, the I think the more I know what I've got on. Not the less I've got on, but the more I'm like,
0: I absolutely can't do that. Making more informed decisions. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's my personal organization skills were where they are now.
1: And making more informed decisions has never felt worse. Yeah. I wouldn't have decided to start a podcast that's basically a part-time job that makes no money. I think that's honestly one of the best descriptions of what growing up is. It's making better decisions and constantly feeling worse about doing it. (laughs) And that, that gradient just never changes. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so, listeners, know that every single week that we crank one of these episodes out, <laughs> know that for just a moment, our judgment faltered. I'm oh, pretty word for being another week. crank. that's <laughs> <laughs> in crywank. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Know well, that that when
1: we when we tearily spaff one of these out. <laughs> that uh that it was a, an error in judgment yet again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes in and people are no longer wondering why this episode's called Teary Crank. <laughs> um, well, that's a tautology. <laughs> Cry <laughs> is in the name. So, I don't know whether we're going to do news or beefness or pleasure first off this week. How are you feeling? It's up to you, pilot. All right. Let's uh, cruise right on over to beefness or pleasure. Fuck yeah. Um what have you got for this week, boy? Or oh, we should just introduce first, beefness or pleasure. Sometimes on the podcast, we have a bit of beefness to discuss. For this week, that's John Wick 3. Mm. We've both seen the movie, and we're going to talk about it together at the end of the episode, give out a little spoiler-free review. Um, but to start off with, we had a bit of pleasure during the week. There might have been some stuff that Andrew had a t- had time to do that I didn't, and vice versa. So <laughs> yeah. we're going to start off with a bit of beefness or pleasure, where we both sort of give a bit of a book report kind of thing on little uh, extracurricular activities during the week. Yep. You start, boy. What do you got? So I have
1: been like thoroughly unimpressed with Australian Netflix recently. I feel like multiple times in the past few You've always said you want
0: access to a Netflix that's 80% worthless originals and 20% (laughs) actual... Yeah, stuff (laughs) that I can't watch anymore because it's
1: been pulled off the platform. That's my ideal $14 a month streaming service. The
0: CEO of Netflix actually said what he's doing to decide what to cut is just looking at your personal watch list list and and just just cutting cutting all of that. (laughs) Apparently!
1: It's almost like... That's what's happening to me. <laughs> so I uh, seriously, I had four titles <coughs> downloaded onto my phone to watch. Oh, Three sense. of them aren't on Netflix anymore. <laughs> right.
0: So it's, it sounds like you did nothing this week.
1: Um, no, I, I, I actually did. So what I actually did was that I uh, signed up to Stan. Oh shit! Because oh shit! Just for a free month, and it's actually also not a super impressive platform. Um, if you like Marvel movies they're basically all on there so i guess that's well, good. Well i've heard for, it's got Parks and Rec and
0: Seinfeld and i haven't
1: seen either of those on i Voice always meant to. Uh, go I in, don't so. know if it's still got Seinfeld i didn't see it. And it's got that George Clooney Catch Pro. 22 series. Yeah it does have Catch 22 so that's something i'm interested in but more importantly it had uh English political drama slash comedy actually the thick of it.
0: Oh shit that's um, a great
1: i've never actually seen it but i know it's good. That's so fucking good. <laughs> <And> <laughs> listener of the show pat uh, I've just been messaging him all week like every time oh something's yeah, happened yeah so um, you to to the bit where he says fuck it okay so for those of you who uh who haven't heard of what this show is it uh it's it follows um this character basically this, this single character called uh Malcolm Tucker who's played by Peter Capaldi who's Doctor the, Who now uh most recent male Doctor Who before Jodie yeah right of course, yeah. I'm behind Um, he plays a, not a member of parliament, but a a, a party spin doctor or a um, media strategist. And it's his job to try and do whatever he can to make the party look good in the media. And of course, (laughs) behind the scenes, that means basically doing whatever needs to happen in order to... Uh, keep the keep as much positive press going for his party as he possibly
0: can. Sure. <laughs> and does um, it tell you which party it is? Whether it's like a conservative? No, one? No, they
1: never really mention it. Although uh, they do bring in extra characters later on that are from a more conservative party. But I, I think it's assumed that it's the Tories. Okay, so yeah. Um or maybe yeah, the Conservatives or whatever the fuck they're called now. <laughs> so he, he was actually so it was his character is based off a real person or it's inspired by a real person uh called Alistair Campbell, who is Tony Blair's uh chief of like chief media strategist right. or whatever. Tony Blair's spin doctor and, and this guy's actually given comment on the character of Malcolm Tucker. And he said, like, oh yeah, it's obviously pretty exaggerated, but um, quite funny. But <laughs> yeah. the character of Malcolm Tucker is like this. He's
0: one of those, um, despite of those, those unreasonable <laughs> exaggerations, it still manages to be funny.
1: He's one of those characters where it's it, like people start sweating and acting differently when he walks into the room because you're just not really sure what he's gonna, like, if he's gonna fucking tear you a new one. And it's right. like he's either you've you you he's either there to destroy your your fucking day. Or he's there because you've screwed up and now he needs to come and fix this fucking mess. So he's like an angry Scottish version of um, The Wolf from Pulp Fiction where he yeah. sort of shows up and he's like, right, fucking do this. All right, all
0: your fuckwits are gonna... Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> uh, well, he's not... It's like a comedy show where he plays this super exaggerated angry character that's swearing a storm and yeah. talking at a million miles an hour. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's kind of... It's kind of like The West Wing, but if they said "fuck" every three words. I think it's <laughs> it's going for a different thing. Yeah, it's, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, but but it's going. Think the West Wing does that thing where they speak really quickly about a lot of shit, and you just it just assumes that you'll understand every third thing.
1: I actually think <laughs> that the the thick of it does that less, and it's much more about focusing on. So th- there's this undercurrent, this like thematic undercurrent in the thick of it, which is in a few political dramas, I guess. But this really brings it right into the spotlight of almost comedically not giving a fuck about any policy ever every single policy any actual implemented program by the government acts only as a tool for good press or something that can go wrong that will create bad press right and it's sort of how much everyone is forced into this cycle of trying to put good spin on what the the government or the opposition is doing that sort of every now and then you get this moment of clarity through the fog of um that what they're talking about are actual policies that are actually at, at their roots intended to sort of benefit the people of that country but that that just instantly you, fades back into the background and you get noise. stuck in like the meta analysis of all of it and it is it. yeah. it's it's they're operating <laughs> on a complete meta level of
0: politics where yeah um, like forget what the policy actually is. Yeah. This one they're all sort
1: of yet. playing chess with each other. Uh, mm. a- and, you know, the, the policy initiatives just act as pawns to be placed in the right position at the right time so that they can uh, king someone or, or, or whatever, change yeah. games there. But, yeah, it's it's extremely well written. It's that classic, very clever British writing. I think it's one of the few shows that takes this, uh, this like, theme of profanity and does something really genuinely artistic and clever with it. Like, (laughs) I've never seen a character be quite so...
0: Uh, like verbose with the way he's
1: <laughs> yeah and and defined by that but also not have it be the single thing that defines them it's like yeah. it's it, it wouldn't be Malcolm Tucker if he wasn't swearing but you don't think of Malcolm Tucker and think oh he's just that guy that swears it's like the most important thing he does is play this political like game. he's also
0: smart and he's also good at his job yeah, yeah
1: like scarily good at his job where people like, <laughs> l- later on in the series people start talking about like how you know oh well if something happens and you're not really sure where it came from like it was Malcolm you just—he was better than you at figuring it out. Yeah, you know? like well, he, he, they play him a, into this sort of like not grim, well, kind of grim reaperish role where it's like you'll never see him coming; you only see the effects of it. You know, it's yeah. it's very very cool the way that it's executed, and it's also one of those shows, a bit like Breaking Bad, where um, it has a a well thought out arc to it. Um, that, That's cool. That I think, yeah, has has this really really cool kind of um, complete. Complete arc. I'm I'm psyched you. My
0: folks have been into it for ages. There's a movie as well? Yeah, apparently Um,
1: the movie's not as good. The movie is called something else. Yeah, I
0: don't know. (laughs) Um, But no, I'm glad you're into it. It kind of seems like it's right up your alley. I reckon, despite the negative press and the weird shit that Aaron Sorkin says in public, I think that you'd get a lot out of the West Wing if only for that same kind of... Granted, unrealistic, but I'm sure in the thick of it is unrealistic as well. Like, the kind of peek behind the curtain that it feels like you're getting at the inner workings of politics. And it's that same kind of feeling where, like, every character cares less about the actual policy and more to do with the inner workings of the machine. Yeah. And, like, trying to get whatever it is across the line. And I think it's got... So, The West Wing, obviously, is set... um, in like the, the White uh, House, the White House within yeah. the president's staff. So like all the main characters are like the speechwriters and the chief of staff and yeah. like the press secretary and all that. Um, and I think the show is largely funny as well. Like it's a drama yeah. and it's really funny, and it's, it has that same kind of thing where it's sort of a hyper exaggerated look at politics. Yeah,
1: I think the thing that's holding me back from getting into the West Wing is that um, I, I'm too kind of like I, I'm I'm too I'm I'm far too skeptical and cynical about everything that goes on with politics to be able to. At uh, watch anything that's in any way idealistic. Yeah, like, well, I, mean, <laughs> I watched Hollow Men, and I just ended up thinking like the whole time, which is an Australian political drama based in Canberra um, about uh, like the public service. About and that. Yeah, 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 about um, a minister's office and and the public service uh, in general, and it was just a little too. It felt a little it, like it's also going for a different thing, but it just felt a little bit too, like forgiving of the processes whereas the thick of it is brutal in the way that it approaches its subject matter and i i I think that from what i've heard and from the like montages and stuff that i've seen at the west wing it's just not quite got that same like cutting edge to it although like obviously yeah it was going for a very different thing
0: yeah well i suppose it depends on what kind of what side of the unrealistic kind of fence you want to sit where it seems like in the thick of it is probably very exaggerated to one level where you've yeah. got this guy that literally busts into every meeting calling everyone a motherfucker and you've got other other political dramas on the other side that are still satirical and still biting to some degree but might not be as biting as you'd want them to be. Yeah. I mean sometimes some of them are satires and some I mean for example the West Wing isn't trying to be a satire it's just trying to be a drama that's funny. Mm. In the same way as like I don't know. In the same way as like action movies and spy movies aren't how that shit actually happens, they just use it as a setting to tell a story. I think in the same way, The West Wing is. I don't know. You can look at it as a show that's not trying to be exactly one hundred percent realistic, and it still just tells an interesting story. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like um, and it's easy to get engrossed. Um, in. I think it the
1: well. perfect compromise for me on that was The House of Cards, where it, it yeah. was doing the same sort of thing, but it had that really dark and uh, disillusioned tone to it. That <laughs> that I'm just doesn't not sound sure. like the sort of thing you'd be into, yeah, right? Um so yeah I, I guess that's just I mean the west wing is on stand um yeah. so I could always go in on it but um yeah I th- I feel like the west wing is more of that kind of like wine liberal like Trump is a problem with the current administration uh idealistic type of stuff and it just uh, I yeah it's it's something that I'm aware that a lot of people really like and I think if I'd gone in on it at like a different stage then I probably would have really liked it but I'm just worried that I'm a little too far gone and I'll just find it frustrating.
0: <laughs> I mean, that that's probably fair. So it sounds like you've been into some like deep political comedy... Oh, not really drunk Political shit this week. So I, <laughs> I watched um, Austin Powers 2 this week. Oh, the actual <laughs> opposite of what I
2: watched.
0: <laughs> Which is, you know, kind of all about... International also, political relations, also a political drama. It's yeah. kind of a sci-fi. There's a bit of time travel in there. Um, no, I will. Def- <laughs> I sort of started watching it as a joke, and then it actually had so much fun. I just finished it. Yeah. Um, I will defend that movie till the end of my uh, until the end of my days. It's legitimately funny, and I yeah. think if it doesn't stand up and doesn't hold up, it at least is funny. I don't know. Maybe you sort of have to turn off a certain filter and just watch it as yeah, if it's nineteen ninety-nine. I think you have to turn 99. off the Me Too filter. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'm probably going to be proven wrong here. I don't think it's necessarily dated from like a, from a sexism yeah, kind of perspective. It, it might not be because I mean, I suppose he Austin Powers is a bit of a womanizer, but like,
1: but it's having a go at James Bond being a horn dog. Yeah, in, a, in um, an actually harmful way. Yeah,
0: and I heard some sort of criticism where they were talking about how. When Austin Powers came out, because James Bond, all those old James Bond movies are kind of a bit wacky and a bit goofy. Yeah, like a lot of the Roger Moore James Bond specifically, he's a I bit. I feel of like
1: we might have talked about this before on the pod.
0: We might have done. We might have done. Yeah, where like Roger, all the Roger Moore Bonds and a lot of the Sean Connery ones, he's a bit of a goofball. Yeah, um, and Austin Powers came out. And that was like, all right, James Bond can't be a bit of a goofball yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because Austin Powers is just... <laughs> how Mike Myers has it.
1: fucked us. He's fucked <laughs> us. We're done. Yeah.
0: And so I heard... It, maybe you talked about it earlier, and I don't remember where I heard it. But there was someone that was crediting these Austin Powers movies with like this dawn of... Really serious, gritty James the Bond. The gritty movie, reboot is it now coming out. Yeah. Austin
1: Powers caused the gritty
0: reboot. Then yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's the theory. So this one, Austin um, Powers, is responsible for the current <laughs> state of cinema. <laughs> so, like, Austin Powers is a bit oh, of a okay. meme, I think. But I sincerely think it's so much fun yeah. to watch. I mean, um, it was very famous for a
1: reason, even if it is yeah. a bit of an artifact of its time. And so, a,
0: there's a little bit of that, but at the same time, there's a couple of jokes I didn't get until recently because I thought was the last time I watched them. I was like. 14 or 15 or something like um, Austin Powers travels back in time and he's in 1960s England tracking yep. down like Dr. Evil's henchmen in the 60s or whatever and doing whatever mission he's got to do. No, Doctor, Dr. Evil travels back in time and steals Austin Powers' mojo because yep. he realizes that uh, this, the reason why Austin always beats him is because Austin's got his mojo and Dr. Evil doesn't. So Dr. Evil sends... Sends his minions back in time to steal Austin Powers' mojo. Austin, then it goes back. In mojo, time. you slipped into the fucking. <laughs> he stole my. Voice. Mo- he stole my mojo. Um, uh, Austin Powers travels back in time, goes to England to stop Doctor Evil from taking his mojo and st- stopping Doctor Evil's evil plan, whatever yeah. it is. Um, <laughs> the one joke I didn't get when I went back to watch it recently was like so he goes back to England and it's clearly not England and he's driving his right. like VW buggy along this fucking road that looks nothing like England and he passes a like a red phone box like every 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they make several like <laughs> It's like clearly California. Um yeah, and right. they make several jokes like straight to the camera like um, the one thing I've noticed is how England definitely doesn't look anything like Southern California. Yeah. Um, and, like, they just have, like, uh, wooden stakes with a paper sign on them that say, like, <laughs> the countryside yeah. this way and shit like that, which I... <laughs> like, the whole meta joke of the whole film was something I missed when I was, like, 10 years. old whatever. Meta narratives are great, yeah. It's yeah it's, a, it's, good I shit. I feel like that's evolved into, like, Deadpool. <laughs> so, I, I, I think that it, if only because I have some sort of childhood fondness... No, I sincerely think... So, I that's think a joke, sorry, movies. that you...
1: Didn't get when you were younger. No, I didn't but really get it. Because I, now. Right, I right, suppose
0: right. there's a lot of dick jokes and stuff, and I didn't really realize yeah. until later that it's like, oh, they they aren't in England. They're this this looks nothing like England. Yeah. <laughs> this is like fucking California. It's good shit though. I like the idea that they can like turn that low budget thing into a joke that just adds to the film. Yeah. Um, I think they're all good. Have you seen all three of them? Yeah, man. I'm pretty sure we must have watched them together at they're some so point. So funny. Yeah. They're so good, man. Uh, and like Seth Green plays uh, Scott Evil, Doctor Evil's teenage yeah. son. <laughs> um uh r a p mini me yes uh, yes uh g what's his name who played mini me um no whatever actor who played mini me's dead now, <laughs> he's brilliant in it, um he gets kicked like a football at least fourteen times in the movie uh, Vern Troyer, yeah, yeah that's um, right, yeah, i mean yeah, heather Graham is amazing in it, yeah, uh, in a way, we're like oh oh jeez oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh jeez I just forget how stunning Heather Graham is In everything Something that just Hadn't Hadn't Cropped up in a mind Until Since the last time I watched This movie Or Scrubs Yeah It was like Holy shit Yeah um, That's all I got The only other it's thing It's good isn't it Going back to the childhood crushes <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah Maybe that's what it, it is Yeah, Adolescent passions Um promise never to say that phrase again on this podcast. <laughs> the new segment, Adolescent Passions. Fuck we'll we'll yeah. come up with some content later. Um, so th- that's all I got this week. We're going to a couple concerts this week. I don't know if that counts for content on the pod. But absolutely I saw, not. I saw The Cure. Not they the played ones their big, to. sad boy, gothic album in full, and it was great. Mm. Um, the crowd almost rioted when they played absolutely none of their greatest hits. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, how did you see the it? First, the, first, the first half was like, they played this big, big sad boy album in full and the second half was just all the b sides and off cuts from Everyone that album waiting for them to play close <laughs> yeah, to you yeah, yeah, no. they didn't play it they didn't play any of their hits holy they just, they shit. committed they committed completely to the bit they played the album they played off cuts from the album and My then they went off stage God. the house lights were on and people were still cheering like come on no they must have forgotten to play that friday Love. what's going on
1: fucking awesome
0: they must just
1: they must just love seeing their own fans be fucking furious at them. like every (laughs) concert they just assume that no one that went to that concert is still a fan
0: well like often they play these like big long three-hour shows and play like everything you could possibly want so they just kind of add a character that they were like no no we've got a theme for this show and it's just this only just this album yeah just this album tour (laughs) that's what that's what like. People don't really have much of a right to be butthurt heard about. Yeah, it.
1: if they told you that's what it was going in, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and God, oh, I had to, funny. I had to suffer through all the pigs waddling down on circular key, looking at vivid, Jesus. Yeah, like waddling around, like. Just animals. Yeah. So slowly, we managed to like find like the slowest possible route to walk from where we were to the Opera House, which involved having to walk all the way around the coastline, basically. Yeah. Which I think I've f- done that walk. Fuck, man! It took like forty-five minutes, and the whole time, I, like I think I watched the Opera House, the lights on the Opera House loop like three times.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Yep.
0: laughs> it's just got me. like Monday constellations, <laughs> you know, like,
1: navigating by them by the end. Like you're all morons. It's <laughs> not really moving. It's just lighting. Man.
0: Ah. Um, so yeah, I <laughs> had a long weekend and, um, yeah, I hours like with my <laughs> soothing body butter. Yeah. Good <laughs> shit. Should we kick into a bit of the news? Yeah, let's. All right. Ready? Yep. <coughs> Beef bulletin. Uh, first cab off the rank here. We've got they, some more news. Are dig- they bulletins or are they cabs? <laughs> um, Taxi! Taxi! i got some news! Uh, Christopher oh, Nolan... Oh, you're a giant meatball! <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Nolan uh, has announced that his new film is going to be titled Tenet. Okay. And it is a, it is a espionage action thriller. Slash event film. <laughs> with a genre... Um so it's it's a spy, it's an action spy film. I've got a big round head. <laughs> as as is usual with his stuff, he's written it as well. It's being filmed on location across seven countries. Great. The cast is turning out to be pretty good. It's got John David Washington, the lead guy from Black Klansman. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, That's rec- great. Recently announced is Aaron Taylor-Johnson of Kick-Ass Fame along with Kenneth Branagh who're sure. going to be starring alongside Robert Pattinson and Elizabeth Debicki. Uh, Michael Caine, I'm not really sure. Um
1: <laughs> uh, if, as I asked that, I was like imagining you being like, "Don't ask me what you al- in. There's also
0: somebody here whose first name is Dimple, so like you know there are some fuck yeah, there are some stars and some lesser known names. and some bodily um, features, and of course Michael Caine is back. Yeah, uh, newly announced as Please. well that he's just let me stop doing movies. <laughs> he's teaming up with Hoyt Van Hoytema, which doesn't <laughs> um, really ring a bell, but it says it's a DP that he's worked with before, so that's good. And nice. the uh bloke who's writing the score for this is Ludwig Göransson, who wrote the score for Black Panther. Uh, yeah, so I'm no, sure. no Hans Zimmer score for this one. But the Black Panther score one, yeah, get fucked on, yeah, Old German dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I think that's probably just some sort of scheduling thing because you'd fucking get Hans Zimmer if you wanted them, right? Maybe they're fighting. So I mean, I'm looking forward to that. Me and Daddy are having an argument.
1: <laughs> no, I do uh, not have a big round head. <laughs> it, was yes, square, you do. it
0: was a square head a month ago. No,
1: it's like a Lego man. <laughs> it's like kind of a cylinder. Yeah, and no, I can see it depends on what perspective you're in. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so that that movie, uh, Tenet, comes out uh, 17th of July 2020. I am okay. really, really, really looking forward to that film, mostly because I love everything he's been in. Yeah. Um, I should watch Dunkirk. It's really good, man. Yeah. It does it's it's got another one of those I'll things really. where it plays with time a bit. Yeah. I think if you've watched I think if you've watched Apocalypse now, you're fine for war That movies, wasn't you know? a
1: bad war movie. No, it was fucking saving private Ryan that put me off man. I'm not yeah, you're also
0: like shit. fourteen or something when you yeah. yeah,
1: right. So I yeah, think but I've seen actual weird. beheadings online that affected <laughs> me way less than yeah, that. Shit. You
0: were fucking fourteen.
1: I was twelve when I saw the beheadings. <laughs>
0: And cut. Uh, <laughs> um, speaking of movies coming, back, coming out in 2020, Sonic the Hedgehog pushed back to 2020 yeah. due to the character design changes. Yeah. Um, so Which is
1: nice because basically they they announced that they were going to be redoing it. Yeah. And is this the new story that you were just about to tell? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. They,
0: we, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Pat was on. Just the idea that like people thought he looked fucked. So the director said, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to fix him. And now he's been like, oh, okay, right. Uh, Clearly it takes more than a few months to rebuild CG for the whole movie. Um, (laughs) Hey, can you just quickly tweak the entire look of the protagonist of the film? (laughs) Good shit. Um, Man... I want there to be like a special edition mo- d- d- version of the movie yeah. where they have like "fuck Sonic" and you can watch the whole movie with "fuck Sonic." Yeah. What about you know how there's those old video the game remaster edition or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they call it Jaws. Um, there's, nice. that ga- there's that video game. There are the video game remasters, and some of them let you like live swap between the old graphics and the new remastered yeah, graphics whenever you want.
1: Halo Anniversary Edition.
0: Yeah, I want a version of that on DVD where you can hit like the camera angle button on your remote and it just changes to the old Sonic. Swaps in the old Anytime texture. time you want. Fuck yeah, <laughs> that would be great. I don't think I've ever had a DVD that uses the camera angles thing, and I found out recently it's for porn. Like, I don't think it's for I had, porn. I had this complaint recently, but, and yeah. someone was like, "Yeah, man." I would imagine porn DVDs do that. I thought like, oh yeah, of course. Well, what, I mean, what movie would be like? I'm gonna slap in all these other
1: angles. I feel like like the Matrix did it or whatever, I, but yeah, you're right. I mean, movies aren't really made with having multiple choices yeah. in mind. <laughs> well, I
0: think I was I was more annoyed because I saw the button on my remote and pressed it, never thinking, never never getting anything, without realizing like, oh yeah, no one's no one's gonna do that. Yeah, no one's gonna give you more than one camera. Show me
1: you. the taint.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, did you ever watch? Moving on to the next story. Did you ever watch? It was like a ten minute long. Uh-oh. Uh oh.
1: No, like I never watched a fan film made on it. the
0: internet called Kung Fury. Yeah. And I it did. was like an 80s pastiche action movie made by some dude in Sweden, like on his own dime. Um, yeah. Good shit. Yeah. So he's like, he's like Hacker Man, and he, it, it all yeah. looks like this 80s shit, and he travels back in time and like fights Vikings riding dinosaurs and shit. It's yeah. good fun. And it was also like a really. Really impressive special effects that he'd all done himself. The dude's name's David Sandberg. So um, the, the news story here is that he wants to make Kung Fury 2. I can't quite tell whether it's going to be a full feature-length film or whether it's just going to be another short. But um,
1: Probably just a short. This thing's pretty fucking expensive. Yeah,
0: well, he's going to get Arnold Schwarzenegger and Michael Fassbender in it. To do Kung Fury too, which is wild because this number one was literally like a YouTube video that went viral. Yeah, and they've got a production company funding it. Yeah, so, but is so it have,
1: have Arnold Schwarzenegger and Michael Fassbender come out and said like yeah? Because
0: <laughs> so otherwise, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's
1: just sitting there being like yeah, and it's gonna have Arnie <laughs> and it's gonna have uh, Michael uh, Fassbender. <laughs> yeah, no, no, <laughs> Their it's, it's, are just it's like, a real no, thing. No, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a real thing. I think he, he travels cool. back in time and fights Hitler or something. Good shit. Naturally played by
1: famous Austrian Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, he is Austrian. I know. Oh, right. And so... Oh.
1: Yeah, in my head, look, that did sound like I was making anything out of that. Yeah. But in my head, it was that Arnold Schwarzenegger does not look like Hitler.
2: Famous Austrian. Well, they are both Austrian.
1: Famous Hitler-looking guy, (laughs) Arnold Schwarzenegger. That would have been better. Rewind. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> played by a famous Hitler-looking guy, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, good one. That's Thank true.
0: Um, I hate it when you pretend. I actually think <laughs> I actually think that'd be good if Arnold Schwarzenegger played Hitler. Like Hitler's this absolutely jacked yeah, guy. That would be great. It's <laughs> clearly like sixty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you? And I don't have a, an article for this pulled up on my phone um, the slash control panel, um, but uh, they've announced a new Terminator film. Yeah, and apparently there's a couple recent Terminator films that they've just said straight up aren't canon. Yeah, yeah.
1: So anything for those of you T heads out there, I've never seen a single Terminator film other than the fourth you one. Seriously, with Amelia have Clark to or something. just that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> you seriously have to just go and watch the first one and then the second one, and that's it. You yes, can, bush. as a guilty pleasure, watch the third one, but know that it's not canon. Okay. <laughs> And and that's exactly what they've done with this But how do they reboot. get
0: to say it? Are they just like, oh, we've written ourselves into a hole here? because
1: yeah, gonna- they say, oh, we're going to get rid of all the bad ones. <laughs> that's pretty cool, I suppose. It's really fucking cool. This is the best, uh, this is the most excited I've been for a reboot, maybe ever. Cause because they just acknowledge, like, no, nothing after the fucking James Cameron one was good. It's right. just, with the, yeah, the T2, so there's there's, yeah, no. T one was really good and kind of like defined it was one of those movies it's kinda of like Alien where it just it defined a lot of cinema that, that came off of it. Right. And T Two sort of took what T one did and really built upon that world. The point of T the, the point of the first Terminator is that, um uh Arnie is sent back in time to kill this woman called Sarah Connor because she has a child that leads the like the resistance resistance. and so they say okay well don't try and kill that guy go back and kill his mom right and so
0: what for like doubly sure
1: yeah genuinely and so (laughs) oh she's involved as well there's it it actually explains it pretty well (laughs) so Arnie's sent back and he's this evil dude and then in the second movie uh, obviously in the first movie that's not successful right so in the second movie Sarah Connor is a little older and uh, her son, John Connor is a teenager and Arnie gets sent back in time again as a Terminator. And so he shows up and Sarah Connor basically like shits herself and starts freaking out. And
0: there's a twist.
1: Yeah. And, 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 and they play on the, what you've learnt from the first film as a basis for the second film, which is very clever. And it's extremely well executed, very well written, very well shot. One of my favorite movies. Right. So the fact that they're ignoring everything past that point, I'm super psyched about. And it results in, as you pointed out to me, one of the worst taglines, if you don't understand the context <laughs> of the tagline, which is... <laughs> welcome, uh, welcome to the to day
0: after Judgment Day. The day
1: after Judgment and I Day. Thought, what? <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? This <laughs> is, you, is this a joke? Like, this is terrible. I'm like, no, no. Here's why that terrible tagline makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to Is them justifying... Is it still a terrible tagline? <laughs> yeah.
0: Maybe. And I think they might have already done this in a previous one, but I think they've had to justify why Arnie looks fucked now, right? Like, why he looks 70 and he was like a, like a beautiful robot uh, before. They CGI'd him in, the,
1: in Genesis. Is that what the fourth one was called? Uh, yeah, I think that was like Gene a weird sis. reference, though. Like it, it, genetic sissy. That was what it was, yeah. yeah.
0: Terminator 4, genetic sissy. Yeah, um, literally. <laughs> um, I've got a quick story here about uh, Taika Waititi no longer directing the movie about Michael Jackson's pet monkey um, oh why's that <laughs> uh, Watiti's involvement with the Bubbles movie a stop motion animated effort was first announced in early 2017 um, he's now said that he's not going to be involved yep. uh, he's going <laughs> to he's, he's direct another M- another MCU movie called Jojo Rabbit which comes out in spring? Okay, I don't know a tremendous amount about it. I'm gonna be fuck it. Sounds I'm gonna like read. Anyone. I'm gonna read straight off the article here. A bizarre comedy set during World War Two. Jojo Rabbit actually casts Adolf Hitler, played by Waititi himself. Oh, <laughs> as a little German Done. <laughs> Sold. I'm in. Hold on, let me just check that it's not April 1st. Okay, I think I might have skimmed an article here and accidentally <laughs> said that there's a Marvel film where Taika Waititi <laughs> plays Hitler. Let's just live in that reality and close the article, shall we? Um, the tie-in to that was that there's this... Is that c- not accurate? I, I I don't want to burst the bubble. I think it is, yeah. Um <laughs> oh, I've t- no, I don't um, know. Uh, the tie-in story with that is that there's another project of his that's been announced. There was this like fan-favorite... Anime movie from the late '80s, early '90s called Akira.
1: Yeah, Um, love that shit. That is gonna be. It's an extremely. It's like kind of like Ghost in the Shell. Extremely philosophical anime. Right.
0: So it's it's live action remake has been in limbo for a little while now. taiko Waititi has now been announced as directing it. It's coming out in 2021. God,
1: I hope he doesn't fuck it. Because if it's like the Ghost in the Shell remake, then people are just going to be angry about it.
0: I think the problem is that it's like a cult classic. Yeah, you know, maybe being translated everyone. into live yeah. action, which is also kind of difficult. Well,
1: because famously, in in a in a, a one eighty from what I what what people might expect of me, I actually <laughs> quite liked the Ghost in the Shell <laughs> oh, sake. live action remake. Although it was a somewhat soulless shot for shot remake, and I feel like now that I'm a little more, now that I've had a few conversations about what it could have been, yeah, it did not age well in my mind. Uh, <laughs> but but it, but it looked great. I got the Marvel movie effect out of the Ghost in the Shell remake, where I just went along and I was like, "Oh, this
0: looks pretty. I don't need to be." I haven't actually seen. Is it the one with Scarlett Johansson yeah. in it? I think it's someone else. Yeah, it's that. Oh god! Didn't people not like that?
1: Well, people didn't like it because they said that it was. Well, people didn't like it for a bunch of reasons. The hardcore fans didn't like it because it really lost a lot of the philosophical, like slow, uh, existential thought from the film, right. which. When I reflected on it was the part that I really felt was missing. Uh, but then a bunch of people were also really angry that Scarlett Johansson played ostensibly a Japanese, a Japanese character. character. But in the movie, the original one, like she is westernized and also is a robot built by a company. So... Like And they never specify that she's a robot built by a company to look like Japanese people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> without knowing more about it, I'm not going to start arguing about the ethnicity of characters in a manga. Yeah. I but mean, I see where you're coming I from. I just feel
1: like as much as people were angry about it, it's kind of like, well, I I I really just don't know. I think it's also like an iconic
0: that. Japanese property d- ri- develop- that for sure. developed by Japanese people set in Japan. Yeah. That's that's a much better argument yeah. than anything that I heard. Yeah. yeah, and so then they're like, right, so you're gonna what? Yeah. yeah. But I
1: mean also, yeah. Like again, capitalism, but it got the Scarlett Johansson <laughs> it got the Scarlett Johansson name on it and that sold probably a lot of fucking tickets. Yeah. So
0: you know, I get why they did it. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Um there's been some uh news out that there's a new Batman movie that's gonna be coming out. With Robert Pattinson yeah. playing Batman, I actually think he's a good actor. Yeah, people get people give him hate because of the Twilight shit. Christian Stewart's a good actor. Yeah, um, Kristen, Kirsten, Christian, Croydon? This is all going in. Christian. We should try and find out what the fuck this guy's done before. Hold on, right. Um, it's going to be directed by Matt Reeves, who's uh, previously famous for doing the some Cloverfield films and the Planet of the Apes films. So he's done yeah, some he's done some stuff previously that's been directed. Yeah, he's done some stuff recently that's been reasonably well received. Sure. Um uh, news here as well that the villains in that are the penguin and catwoman. Who are okay. both interesting villains. I feel like they're villains you get a lot. Oh
1: yeah, I did see Twitter yelling at the director to cast Christian Stewart as Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good shit. It would be good. Um
0: <laughs> Uh Danny
1: DeVito has to come back as Penguin.
0: That'll be funny. Who else would okay Well people are saying here that think it'd that be funny. If jo-
1: Who else would you cast as Penguin? You can't pick Danny DeVito. Alright, well Well then no
0: one. Charlie Day. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Actually wouldn't be the worst, yeah. Yeah. Um I mean only because he's short. But I don't know. No, he's short and like No, no, I was gonna say my thi- uh, what about Am I am I only saying Peter uh, Capaldi
1: No Oh Peter Dinklage
0: Am I only saying Peter Dinklage Because he's short Yes Yeah no that, they would, He wouldn't be good at it would he No No okay I, mean, I can't really think of who I'd, who I'd pick honestly If you got a, you I mean, a I pick? I feel like Peter Dinklage Could be
1: good But Yeah I don't know Um DeVito kind of encapsulates Exactly what I feel like The Penguins should be You know Right <laughs> I don't have a well, particularly hot pick The
0: picks in this article here Are that Josh Gad Has said on social media That mm, he'd love to do me, it yeah. Um uh, the article says that they think uh, Jonah Hill could be a good Jonah choice. Jonah Hill would
1: be fucking great. Or... Yes, absolutely. I, I
0: agree with this one. I think Melissa McCarthy could be good as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's kind funny. Yeah. She'd be good at it. Um, I think the... Um, <laughs> uh, the speculation for Catwoman I think is a bit more problematic. Not really problematic. No, Catwoman
1: it's just- should be... Danny DeVito. <laughs> that would be. So <laughs> that would be. Just fuck the movie up. Fucking do it. <laughs> just absolutely bend That'd back be good in shit. on itself. Uh, have Danny <laughs> DeVito in a fucking cat suit.
0: Yeah. Well, cause, <laughs> so I think the problem with <sighs> suggesting who I'd like to be Catwoman is that I think Catwoman, stereotypically, is obviously a very clever acrobatic character, but is also a very sensual. Sexualized kind of character, yeah. And so your pick of like, who do you well, think would be good wear as Catwoman? Leather suit for yeah, comfort. Yeah, right. So yeah, th- you're inherently asking like, who would you- who do you think would look hot in a leather Who's jumpsuit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I think this article talks about people like Saoirse Ronan that might be good, and I don't. I don't know. I've never seen her in, no, a, in a role I like that at she's all. Too soft. I think. Yeah. I think. I've never y- seen her in a role. personality Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I think. I don't think I've ever seen her in a role that's like a. I don't know. It's almost
1: like a. Catwoman's like meant to be kind of like. I, I really don't know, but my 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 kind of like heuristic impression of her is that she's meant to be kind of like bratty and sarcastic and yeah, like cr- very very kind of confident and assertive.
0: Yeah, and I I don't know. It just doesn't seem like the sort of she's bratty and sarcastic. It doesn't seem like the sort of like rough, sexy, sensual character that I've seen Saoirse Ronan play in the past. I think I've seen a lot of her movies. (laughs) What can I take another pass at that? Yes, Um, um, (laughs) it's just that Catwoman seems like a very sort of I don't know. It just seems like the sort of character that I haven't really seen Saoirse Ronan play very much. It seems weird. Like it seems like this, this, the writer of this article specifically was like, I think Saoirse Ronan will be hot in the cat suit. Like I think I think it's a weird pick. Yeah, I think that the
1: director <laughs> or casting director just maybe wants to fuck Sersha Ryan. No, she hasn't. Like, been, no,
0: this is like this article I'm reading that's like speculating. Oh, the writer. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that I, mean, I don't think she'd be good in that character at all. I'm sure that she's a great right. actor, but she's just I not. I mean,
2: I think if you go to the person characters.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you go the people that have played them most recently, I think, uh, Anne Hathaway, of course, played her right. in the Christopher Nolan adaptation. Michelle Pfeiffer most famously played her in the Tim Burton adaptation. So those are like. Leading lady type people, so I suppose these days you'd want to go with someone like Margot Robbie or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, she she wouldn't get it because she's done the fucking Harley Quinn stuff. But but someone like that, I someone know, but, um, that's done that, like
0: Christopher Evans played Mister Fantastic in the Fantastic Four, and then he was Captain America. So it's not it's not I totally did. out of oh, the um okay. you yeah. it's, it's been not done totally out of the scope of of reason. Hmm. I don't know. Food for thought. Yeah. If you can think of who you'd play who cast as a b- I think Jonah Hill's a very mm. funny choice.
1: Jonah Hill would be good for Catwoman.
0: <laughs> uh yeah. Doesn't fit into the fucking suit. <laughs> uh I don't know. I mean the Batman movies. Where's I haven't my watched the supposed to go. <laughs> <laughs> I I haven't watched the Ben Affleck one. Um I don't have much interest in the Ben Affleck one, but I don't know, nah. I might watch this. Who cares? Um uh as a way of segueing into the film we're gonna talk about today. John McThree uh passed hundred and eighty million dollars in gross. Okay. It was the number one um that's in global box office to date. It was the, it was the number one film debuting in the week it came out. Yep. Um I it's one, it's one some on. specific record <laughs> that the Avengers film doesn't have, but it's also like, yeah, you know, the Avengers film always has three billion dollars. So shut up, John Wick. 3. Yeah, like, yeah, Just you know, yeah, yeah. you, yeah. small change. Uh, and, and I've got another story which I think might be a bit of a spoiler. So, in the interest of saving n- n- listeners that might be ignorant of it, I think yeah. we'll save that until we talk about it. Yeah, come, as well let's come back to um, it. Yeah. Should we jump into our s- chat about John Wick Three? Sure. Right. So we both thought John Wick Three this week. Obviously, the third installment in the Keanu Reeves action franchise about the retired, back from retirement hitman slash assassin, played by Keanu Reeves. Uh, we're going to start with a spoiler-free review, yep. give our impressions of it, so to tell you what we thought. Uh, hopefully that might interest you in jumping into the series or in going to see the third one if you haven't already. Uh, and then we'll give you a fair bit of spoiler warning before we actually ruin anything towards the end of the film yeah, or talk about any of the twists and turns. Uh, general impressions what did you think dude did you enjoy it overall yeah look i liked it um it was a
1: little bit more of the same and it felt like there were a few just a few parts where um it it could have been they could have cut not whole scenes but like they could have shortened a couple of scenes to make it just feel a little bit like it progressed faster um i thought the scene with like uh Halle the 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 action scenes with Halle Berry, um, were uh, sort of went on for a little too long and was just didn't really didn't really innovate didn't really do much more. I needed the
0: sp- I needed a spot to go to the bathroom and I waited for an action scene to start. Being like, All right, I've seen a billion action scenes now, and I went to the bathroom during the Halle, Ber- Halle Berry action scene. Came back was like, fuck, this going. is still going. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I
1: think maybe that was the only point in the film where I was like, okay. I I get it, but this could have been, like, they could have cut this out. Yeah. So, other than that, and and it felt to me a little bit like that was only happening because this is the third movie in a series that has to keep outdoing itself. And so, like, for me, I I enjoyed it and I was aware, I was very impressed with what they managed to do because I do feel like they managed to outdo themselves.
0: I think so. I think in terms of the uh, scene-to-scene action parts of the film, I think that there's enough var- variety in the action they present in this in comparison to the other two yeah. that it'll keep you interested. It seems to me like it's not really a matter of it outdoing itself. Or The reason why I'm interested in the films isn't because they outdo themselves so much as them like, oh, what are they going to do next? Like they made a big deal about... Yeah, like I guess en-
1: it doesn't have to outdo itself, but just to, yeah. to maintain the same level of energy or, or action. Yeah. yeah,
0: well, so Keanu Reeves talked about the idea, because I watched a few interviews with him for this film. He talked a few times right, about, right, like, oh. about, like, oh... did independent not whatever. Well, he talked a few times about, like... to this podcast different things. He talked a few times about, like, oh, I do, like, a fight sequence on a motorcycle in this film. Or, like, oh, I do a fight sequence with a horse in this film. Uh, and so they're sort of talking about, like, the staple fight scene innovations they brought to the film, which yeah. I think is interesting. Right. I So you were saying in general you thought it was okay there's a bit of a few scenes that might be cut.
1: Yeah, but look, I, like I was, um, I mean, I got exactly what I wanted out of this movie. And so for that reason, I think I, uh, I really enjoyed it.
0: I sort of didn't. Yeah. I think that um, the first two... Definitely the first one was brilliant, and maybe it's because it surpassed my expectations that I enjoyed it so much. The second one I watched recently in preparation for this, and I thought that was also very good. Mm. And they do that great thing where in the first one, really all it tells you is that John Wick's a hitman, they have these coins, and there's a hotel. And in the second one, they expanded a bit more, and they have this idea of the blood-packed, coins that assassins can give each other pay each other favors yep. and it opens up a bit more of the world. Um, this love, one is yeah, the, the first...
1: The, the exploration of the continental and stuff, yeah. That's
0: cool. There's like a whole network of hotels. This one, it brings a little bit more into that world where it, expa- it expands upon this idea of there being like a high table and like a governing body of both these assassins of all these like chiefs almost. Which I think is referenced
1: in the second film but not really explored If it explored is too it's much. not
0: explored in nearly yeah. the same
1: degree of depth
0: as this is. Yep. So we, like we get this introduction have,
1: to adjudicators. Yeah, and like assassins
0: that room. have broken the rules get passed judgment on by this sort of governing body yeah. called the table and there are people that serve the table I suppose they're like I don't know some sort of upper class type governing body. The name of which. When I say governing body, it sounds boring.
1: I feel like they came up with the name the table just so they could use the phrase "under the Uh, table." Because then it's like, oh, ruled by, but also it's under the table. All under the table, jerking Um, each other off under the table. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: hell yeah. Uh, Uh, But we're talking about the movie, not, not what's happening. No, I was talking about dinner before the movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) No, but I think that in general, this film felt pretty bloated. In terms of the actual story and the pacing. Like, in number one, I knew exactly what was going on and you can almost describe this the story in like three sentences. Like Gangsters killed John Wick. Uh John- <laughs> Gangsters Fuck killed yeah. John Wick. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Okay. So let's do a quick because
1: I feel like the I, I feel like this whole series is teed off by the opening act of the first movie. And if yeah. you don't know what happens in the opening act of the first movie, pause this. Go and watch it. Yeah, I sp- it's I, I, probably worth not having spoiled. I suppose for you we might. Ax- see it.
0: Yeah, I suppose we might. Uh, we're gonna, in order to give a spoiler-free review of number three, we're probably gonna have to give spoilers for number one. and two. Yeah, and I, I just think like the second movie,
1: there's nothing in it that's kind of like that, but the first one has such an important moment in it, and all the surprises
0: and everything. Yeah. yeah, no, right. So spoilers, spoiler alert spoilers for number John one, specific one
1: specifically. and maybe two, two. I don't know.
0: Um, so number one starts off with like. John Mason's just normal dude in this normal house. People break in. Gangsters break in. Steal his car. Alfie Allen, Theon Greyjoy. <laughs> yeah. Playing um, a Russian dude. Lily Allen's brother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, steal his car. Kill his dog out of nowhere, like five minutes in. And the whole film is basically so just... little beautiful just
1: beagle puppy. It's so... It's so cute. Who, who is a present from his late wife. His dead wife, yeah. And... and yeah. The, just the way that it... The way that if you... If you haven't seen it and you skipped it... It the does the emotional
0: significance really well. Exactly. You yeah. basically
1: impart all of John John's love for his wife into this
0: new love for his dog. And then it does... Di- yeah, right. It's not just like, you killed my dog. It's no, like, it's... no, you destroyed the last memory I have of my wife. Exactly. Or yeah. um, so it does, but it does that really well. And the whole film, very succinctly, is just that. It's just a revenge story. John Wick, the most feared hitman of all time, comes out of retirement to fuck up everyone that just did him wrong. Yeah. Uh, number two, similarly is reasonably quick. John Wick has retired again. He owes one last uh, favor, favor, a blood-packed favor to a guy that he absolutely can't turn down. He has to go and I think the the, the vague premise is he has to go and kill one of his friends because the guy he owes the favor to asks him to and you can't say no. And that's the whole story. With this one, number three... I really don't think you can succinctly summarize the story in a similar way. It's like, oh, John Wick is doing this thing, and he's kind of on the run from these people, but then that's not a problem, and then he's on the run from these people, and then he has to go and find this guy, and then he has to go find this guy, and this guy, and yeah, it just it's a bit uh, sort of overwhelming. You can summarize I mean? it
1: in in one sentence, which is that John Wick gets excommunicated from the like cult. Yeah. or whatever not not cult but like from the, the society of right. assassins and that yeah. and beyond that it's like yeah all of any explanation beyond that is sort of simultaneously yeah. confused and unimportant yeah and it definitely does feel like it's funny to say but the storyline is the least strong part of this film
0: which I think sucks because in the other two they worked out ways of making the storyline not take a back seat that be like have a very strong storyline, that's very minimal storyline. Yeah. And I think this, maybe they sort of saw how much people loved getting a bit more of a peek into the assassin world, and so they did a bit more of that and just put a bit too much in. Because there's all these extra characters and there's all this extra detail about this like, fucking governing body of the assassins. Yeah. Um, well, I heard this split into two... Uh,
1: I'd never really thought about this in this way, and I think John Wick is one of the few... Uh, franchises where it serves almost perfectly but the difference between the story and the lore of a film yeah. where like the story is you think of like Lord of the Rings lore and it's like oh well the lore is anything that you can ever extract from the book and it's, th- this kind of defines it a little bit The dwarves made this mine and this th- sword was made by these people. Right, and exactly all that, yeah. and like if you go into the fucking dictionary at the back of the book then you can find it heaps about the lore and yeah. it's like well okay, the movie doesn't really have lore in that way but the, the idea that the storyline is what the kind of protagonist, the, the series of events that the protagonist goes through in the actual yeah. film, whereas the lore is the uh, tale of the extended world that yeah, right. those events happen <laughs> and in. And I feel and, like and, and this. John, John Wick, as a series, has very, very, as you say, simple, elegant storylines, but really, really deep, extended. Law.
0: I feel like it's almost just sort of fleshed out a bit, like yeah, it's, yeah they flesh it out a bit with this law. It doesn't even feel. Maybe maybe I'm just misinterpreting what you said because you just talked about Lord of the Rings. But I feel like it doesn't really feel like they're sort of trying to deep dive you too far into it. It's literally like the first one's literally no, just like it's, they have yeah. these coins. there's This hotel. He's an assassin. There you go. Figure it out. But it's not, I, I think it's less that uh, it it's less that it's explained
1: fully and more that it's clear that there is a huge world. Beyond these events, that yeah. is taking place and going on unseen to the viewer, but that doesn't feel empty or unexplained or whatever. It's just like, you know, he gets to this hotel, and the reason why he's treated in the way that he is at this particular hotel is attributable to the lore of the hotel. It's, yeah. you know, like
0: the backstory to his character that you didn't really get. Exactly. And yeah. it's
1: like, okay, so there's these gold coins that everyone just pays for. Clearly, I need to read into what meaning I can. Uh, based on kind of how I see people interact with this thing. Also, I don't it's
0: think never it's with this. I don't think there's enough granularity in their, cu- in their currency. Nah, it's like, dumb. Like, you watch him hand over one coin for like a whole rack of AK 47s yeah. and then one coin for like a bowl of soup. Right. I, yeah, it's funny <laughs> shit. I, I came out of it with a friend
1: who was just like, man, for, in John Wick 3, yeah. he was like, man, he hands over like one coin and gets uh,
0: and a wide variety of different the, things. The, the
1: glass? <laughs> that Would be required to replace what was broken in this film, would take <laughs> at least like a 36 month lead time. <laughs> you have to get it from like Europe, and he just hands over one fucking gold coin. <laughs> it's like that's yeah. like half a million dollars worth of glass at least. And yeah. I was like, Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But once it was me being like, I think, I think it's spo- I think you're not supposed to read into it <laughs> Yeah, I don't
0: know. <laughs> but sometimes we'll give you a handful, right, like, yeah, yeah. Fuck. There's no granularity. Uh, <laughs>
1: it, yeah. It's uh, like, oh, clean up six bodies. Like, oh, rebuild this building.
0: <laughs> yeah, fuck. So, yeah. like, John Wick, it's not really clear. I think maybe they made it clear, but the fact that I don't quite remember just shows that it's, it's a bit more muddy, what he's doing, because there's a lot of shit going on in this film. So, John Wick... Is um, wanted by the assassin organization.
1: He gets excommunicated.
0: Yeah, so he's and on a the contract run. Contract gets put on his head. Yeah, so he. Uh, oh, it's something insane. Like four, I think it is fourteen, 14 million dollars. $14 so he's on the run from every assassin in the world, and it yeah. does a lot of shots with like him walking past a subway station and some random dude at a magazine stands like. <gasps> and that turns out that guy's an assassin and he has a fight and so there's a few cool scenes like that in the beginning where it's just like him fighting with random dudes in public who've just turned out to be assassins that are now chasing him down I liked a lot of that um, but then you sort of go alright fine I've, I've watched him walk past random dudes that now try to kill him for like 20 minutes I get it let's move on and that it kind like of moves six on six times yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it shows John Wick trying to get passage overseas and he goes overseas, and he tries to, f- to like, to the Middle East, uh, to Casablanca, and he tries to find... That's Africa, bro. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's kind of old. I suppose it I promise is. promise you yeah. it's Africa. Um, um, so he tries to find um, this guy who's going to help him in some tangential weird way, and that's when the story starts to crumble apart, because he finds some guy who helps him find some guy, who helps him find some guy, and then he he meets, like, the king of the fucking world, and then he... Who isn't...
1: Executed in an in in a meaningful fashion, really. Yeah, and so they already kind the of character the character yeah. he doesn't get killed.
0: And so, like in a film where they sort of deliberately try and sort of give you small details and build a whole movie around that, already there are, there are so many details. Like you meet the fucking yeah. guy who makes the coins. I don't care about that. And you meet like
1: who's played by uh, Sir Bron Bron from, from uh, Game fucking of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah, but he has like this fucked Moroccan accent, <laughs> and it's like, mate. Like, most of the people in the Western world have just watched this dude. Yeah. You can't fucking cast him I as a I thought he had like a weird British accent. I didn't no, hear No, it was like, accent. yeah, it was like some weird fucking. Some weird accent. Like okay. Sardinian S- or whatever. I don't know. I couldn't know. give a
0: shit about the accent. But like, it it's, was like. It
1: broke me instantly out hmm. for the entirety of what he was talking
0: it about. It seemed like that whole arc. Just make him British. Yeah. well, it No one gives <laughs> a fuck. Just make him British. <laughs> it seemed like that because he has to go to someone and there's a whole little 10 minute scene where he goes to someone some some figure you've never met before in this assassin world yep. and convinces this person to give him passage to Casablanca. And then he meets someone. He has to convince and, them and, to and help him get somewhere
1: else. the first he, step, and that then first this whole step fills in a bit character. of his backstory. Yeah, but right. I don't feel like any of the rest of them serve a useful purpose. You could cut it.
0: So if he's trying to ultimately get... He, he's ultimately trying to get to a very specific point and then meet a very specific person, yeah. right? And if ultimately that's all you're trying to show us... You could have cut out, they could have cut out, like, two of those steps. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I don't think, Yeah. maybe we're getting a bit, this isn't really spoilers, it's getting more deep into the, the later half of the film. I don't think Halle Berry really needed to be in this film. She absolutely did
1: not. She didn't, Her, her neither her casting or her character needed to be in this film to tell the story yeah. that it told,
0: or to tell a better story. Like, I, I thought she was good in it. Yeah. And I thought she did the action really well. I thought, I mean, the, the half of the fight sequence <laughs> I watched with her in it, I thought was very good. Um, I kind of liked her character with the dogs. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. She seemed like a bit of a badass in like just leaving him all on his own. I thought that was cool. I just think that it was watching like an hour's worth of film where it was John doing something that meant nothing and meeting someone that led somewhere that meant nothing. I was like, well, you could have just cut. It was annoying. Yeah. yeah. Watching another scene that went nowhere. Yep. Maybe we are getting sort of into spoilers, but I I, don't know.
1: I I think so. First of all, before we before we get any deeper into spoilers, yeah. Um, oh, so just on the Halle Berry thing, I, I watched this with uh, with friend of the show Zach, yeah, uh, who been on our Avengers episode. Folks might recall from yeah, Avengers Endgame. Game, um, the episode, not actually in the movie. <laughs> and uh, he played Iron Man. Not many people know. <laughs> he, he said it was very refreshing <laughs> to. He, he liked the bit with Halle Berry because he said it was refreshing not just watching Keanu Reeves kill people on screen. It was refreshing to watch a different character doing it in a different way. Yeah. I but personally didn't find that, but I, I found what you're describing where it was just kind of like, yeah, fine, this is interesting, but also this character doesn't need to be in mm. it in any way, and I'm not invested in this character. I'm invested in John Wick. Yeah. So well,
0: How about this? So we, we just watched John Wick struggle um, I think, you know what, Fucker? I think we are sort of getting more into thematic kind of story ish kind of spoilers. We're not really spoiling no, no, any no, twists. No, we gotta, but I want to kind of discuss this middle bit. Okay, okay fine. Right. Um, uh, I think that we, we had just watched John Wick literally struggle to walk through a train station without 10 people trying to fucking murder him. Yeah, And then they're like, oh, and now he's in Casablanca. Right. And I think that would have been a lot more interesting to maybe try to watch him sneak his way. Abroad like that and have detail and have trouble in his travels, yeah. Than it would have been, yeah. Like, how does he catch a plane? Yeah, right. So, I mean, clearly, the idea is that the character he goes to to get the safe passage is just like, oh, and teleports him now. You're in fucking Casablanca, right? But I think that that's a less interesting way to tell the story. Yeah, if the story is he has to get to Casablanca to meet up with Halle Berry, then don't show me this bullshit of him talking to the lady who gets him the travel, and yeah. All the shit that's accompanied with that, and yeah, then the like, people following him to that spot and being like, "Where's, where's
1: Keanu Reeves gone?" We could have had a really cool scene where he has to like, sh- so th- he goes to that person and she refuses him safe passage, and so yeah. he has to catch a normal passenger plane. And get, obviously, there's going to be like six people on that plane. Get Halle who are Berry assassins. to help
0: help sneak him on. It's yeah. d- 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 how about this for what we do differently or
1: like you know how they have a bunch of scenes where they're like trying to kill each other but it's in a very crowded public place and so they yeah. have to do it in a very covert way like on a plane you know that would be interesting That'd to be watch. cool. it feels like that's more yeah. interesting than the Halle Berry killing people with dog stuff and yeah. I
0: think I think that if there was less stuff leading up to the Halle Berry stuff that had been meaningless I would have been less there was a lot of stuff leading up to the Halle Berry stuff that was kind of meaningless yeah. and so when the Halle Berry stuff didn't turn out to be as conclusive as I'd hoped not not as consequential yeah um, I was kind of annoyed sure I think that if there was less of these inconsequential moments in the film and i would got more of the Halle Berry thing then I would have been a lot happier with it right I, I, I kind of agree and I can see where Zach's coming from in that like it's interesting to watch the fight scenes have a different dynamic yeah because after a while you're not really watching the moves Keanu's doing anymore you're just watching him like alright dead 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 fine yeah he's it's like going ahead, head fine so it's interesting to have a different dynamic to the fights but I think maybe it would have been more interesting to have... Yeah, maybe to watch Halle Berry help sneak Keanu to Casablanca. And they, maybe sure. the, maybe the sequence with Halle Berry could have been twice as long. And she's not just in Casablanca in that one fucking house. Yeah. She's helping him across the border. She was a
1: very one-dimensional character.
0: Yeah. And I'm... Yeah. So it had
1: that ham-fisted parallel where, like, with, with the dog...
0: Yeah, and it's Halle Berry. I mean, I watched like a marketing video where they were showing like Halle Berry training and like shooting targets and shit and doing all this combat training. And I don't think it really showed that she had to train for weeks or yeah. months to, to do this bit because she's barely in it. Well, I mean, she was
1: impressive. Uh, yeah. She was she impressive was, she while was, she, was she was in was it. as impressive as John Wick but she was yeah. by no means a necessary character as you as you Yeah say, exactly
0: yeah. so I think either make her a necessary character and get rid of the other sh- gets rid of some of that other shit yeah. or if you want to keep that other shit cut the whole thing with Halle Berry but I think don't because it's interesting. Right. Okay. I don't know I just thought it was a bit of a So shame, and before I, we get sorry. Yeah I, was, I think like as a way of wrapping up my sort of opinion, I think scene to scene, I loved all the action sequences. There's lots of really good stuff, like the the motorcycle stuff's pretty cool, the horse stuff's pretty cool, the whole first half an hour with him trying to kill all the people in public places is kind of cool. Although it's kind of ridiculous, like you watch they want <laughs> yeah, you watch someone get shot in the middle of a fucking public place and no one bats an eyelid.
1: Yeah, that was weird. There were yeah. there were a couple of moments where it sort of. Yeah, played with the... it, it I feel like it, it went a little too unbelievably far yeah. with how much they can get away with in a public place. Yeah, But, uh, yeah. So I, I wanted to jump back just before... Because I do want to talk about the ending because I do feel like that warrants a bit of discussion, especially in light of what we've just been talking about. Sure. But I wanted to talk about a few things that... W- one thing that I felt was key throughout the whole series, and I, I guess these are... Positives, things that I really liked about, yeah, sure, about the it. film. So, first of all, um, the use of color and I guess I'll say aesthetic in general. It feels really stylized. It's yeah. so strong. Yeah, like a lot of this. I, I feel like the f- <laughs> I feel like this one relied a lot more on the like the classic blue and orange color contrast. Um, but if you go back and look at the first two, they have a really strong use of color. To kind of like define scenes or like, um, I guess just throw you off the scent of a normal, what a normal like guy in
0: suit action movie would well, be. Well, going back to our previous episode, well, one of our earlier episodes we ever did was about the first John Wick movie. Yeah. Um, there's a whole fight sequence in his house at night. Right. The whole house is really interestingly lit. And there's like shots that are sort of lit by moonlight, and shots that are lit with the funny lights coming through his windows, and, and yeah, all yeah,
1: and actual shots that are lit by gun gunshots,
0: like, yeah. So yeah. in that in that sense, that's an example from a previous film of listeners have seen that one of like right. shots that have an interesting aesthetic to them.
1: Yeah, and I, so I felt like this film whole still rather. this film still had that to an extent, but it did feel a little
0: less <sighs> like just. There weren't as many scenes where you're like, "Oh wow!"
1: Yeah, I mean, there were scenes that were visually impressive, but it didn't feel like it was innovating in the same way. And I kind of agree. Maybe agreed. that's just the third film in the series, but um, y- yeah, I, I think it did feel a little bit like they were just starting to sort of, sort of run out of ideas. Maybe yeah. not quite in such a such a harsh way, um, but it felt like they were relying on good crutches. Yeah. A little too much with the color.
0: What did you think of the fight sequence with all the glass? Which one? There's, <laughs> so a, there there's a sword fight sequence. Yeah, towards okay. the end. Towards of the, the film. end of the movie,
1: um, I liked Aesthetic, it. Aesthetic wise, I, I really liked it. I even liked it. I, I think if you, uh, I think one of the things that I could barely criticize about this film was the choreography of the fight scenes. Because yeah, that was quite good. Those are yeah. I mean, th- this is. Directed by Chad Stahelski, as was the first and second ones, also written, I think, um, who was Keanu Reeves' stuntman in The Matrix uh, and has gone on to uh, write and direct. And, uh, like, if... At, at their worst, these films have some of the best action sequencing yeah. in that's ever been done in cinema. Yeah, it's um, really good. And it
0: does that thing we talked about last week or maybe the week before. Like a bunch of times, it I think. It doesn't cut the action sequences yeah so much. you like for real uh,
1: fucking see these things happen yeah yeah um however
0: dumb shit way you're about to say it i just said it, please. <laughs> uh, it doesn't it doesn't cut every time someone's fist connects with someone you see them get punched you see them fly away you see keanu throw some guy in like a judo throw
1: yeah like and that they, they actually they rehearse for you know these people work incredibly hard to be able to get that down pat yeah. because they sort of need to just be able to actually do what the characters are doing on screen just minus actually hurting each other it
0: still feels like a middle ground between like uh a normal action film and like a jackie chan kung fu film yeah. where like yeah. I-, I watched like a video essay clang um about like kung fu <laughs> films where like there are really long extended takes with fight sequences where they really are just fighting yeah um and this is still i think there's a cut like every every second or so Maybe less than that. Which sounds uh, fast, but it's not as it's not anywhere near as fast as it would be in other ones. Like uh, a I think movie. there are times when this film does
1: like, you know, sort of extended maybe like twenty second cuts or whatever, but yeah. It's not like the three minute long hallway fight scenes that you get out of some like really proper kind of kung fu or, or other martial arts cinema. Yeah. Um so in that way, yeah, it is a little less uh less impressive on those fronts. I think it's but, as impressive still, as I'd expect
0: from like a Hollywood kind of film. Yeah, right.
1: Um and especially like uh, w- this gets to one of the one of the ones I, I do feel like this needed to people did expect more out of each film in the John Wick franchise, and I think that the only moment where this really surpassed my expectations, it met them at almost every point. Yeah, but it's su- except the storyline, but <laughs> it, it, but it surpassed my expectations with the knife fight scene. That was really cool. In in the in first the, like, the knife museum sort of twenty minutes. Yeah, that because, was really like, cool. I could just see it in a writer's room where they're like, okay, what if somehow, (laughs) doesn't really matter how, he finds himself, there's like six guys, and they're in a hallway that's mostly knives. (laughs) Yeah, like lined on every every surface. More knives than could be used. Just hundreds. (laughs) Actually hundreds of knives. It's a very good sequence. What would that look like? And it looks exactly how you think it would look, where they are frantically smashing glass and pulling out knives, and they're sort of trying to stab each other, and then when they're not close enough to stab them, they're throwing them. And, yeah, again, like, spoiler alert, John Wick just kills, like, eight dudes in some of the most brutal ways like there's one where he stabs the guy straight in the skull and it doesn't really go through it just sticks kind of in his skull and the guy is like kind of like puts his hand up to where the knife is and he's like kind of you can see him being like (laughs) in a lot of pain and horrified and then John Wick just like Bashes down on the knife like, like a four hammer or and five like uh, yeah. with his palm mother- and
0: drives it into this dude's brain. I saw the film in like a sold-out cinema and the whole cinema went like, "Oh, yeah, there, yeah." There were, <laughs> and I, I think, the first forty minutes maybe
1: had a bunch of those, and those yeah. are those are the moments where, like, to be honest, just my like the the fucking primal like. Yeah, like, yeah! Jungian... Yeah, exactly. My, my death drive boils yeah. up. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, this is... Yes.
0: <laughs> I think that if any of those in-public fight sequences could have been cut, I kind of wasn't wild about the horse one.
1: Yeah, it, I, I mean, I oh. was very impressed oh. that they... Okay, so there are two parts to the horse one. There's there's one where he's fighting in a barn that's got like eight horses and in it. And he keeps like
0: queuing a horse to kick dudes behind <laughs> yeah, him. Which is funny. Like a couple of times. But completely unbelievable. Right. Like, I believe that John Wick's learned how to throw knives and shoot people on the head. I do not believe that John Wick can instruct a horse to kick someone. Yeah, I think that was obviously <laughs> pretty
1: far-fetched. But... I will say, I was just genuinely impressed because, like, they're running around and shooting guns, and these horses are not reacting. Like, I mean, they react; they're panicking, but yeah. they're clearly so well trained to fucking gunshots that, like, and it's just one of the those shots things. Shots might like, have
0: been put in later, man. At, I think with, a, with all no, these films, like, they, you have they, to have people being like, "No animals were harmed in the making oh, of the, this." And n- like,
1: none of the horses get shot, but it's they're, they're like fighting and struggling and shooting. At each other, right next to like four horses, and just knowing how fucking skittish those things are, like it's very impressive that they've managed to train horses. It's kind of like yeah. seeing police horses where it's just like, oh, you can just get glass and yeah. you really give a shit. I th- but y- you see them like even push each other up against a horse, and it will like kind of shudder and like try to get away a little bit. Yeah. But they're like wrestling against it. It's, I-, I was impressed by the use of animals throughout this film.
0: It was cool, but I don't the, think the but scene, scene where in terms he's of riding, yeah. That, not, that could fine. get fucked he's, he's running away from people on motorcycles and he stands which was
1: also not believable because I just don't think a horse can go as fast as a motorcycle I think you're probably
0: right in that I yeah. think that in fact they measure the power of motorcycles by how many more hundreds <laughs> of times they are powerful <laughs> than a horse yeah speed isn't equal to power however yes yeah. I think you're right oh, yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. fuck uh, I, it was all good, but I thought in a movie that's all action sequences, if I had to cut an action sequence, probably they're always on a fucking horse.
1: The the one where he's riding the horse could go. I thought that the one where he was riding the motorcycle with other motorcycles was, cool. was quite good. Yeah. Um the knife fight scene was quite good. That the, was cool. the glass one. Most of the shit that happens in the Continental was cool. It, that was really good. It, that
0: was awesome. I loved watching the, uh, the so we're getting into spoiler territory yeah. now as well. Oh I see. Yeah. I liked watching him fighting the dudes with the body armor where he had to come up with like novel yeah. novel ways of killing them. Yeah, it was and interesting. And you had to watch his like gunplay change style when he was up against people with body armor. Oh,
1: another thing I was actually kind of disappointed about and this is getting to like my like Star Trek nerd level, <laughs> but um, you know how this this one of the things that I I feel like I remember us talking about when we were talking about the first one was like yeah. where it's not unrealistic in how he interacts with weapons at all. Yeah, like he reloads like, specifically
0: and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah,
1: I, uh, during the scene where Halle Berry was on screen, I, I wasn't specifically keeping track of a number, but I remember th- thinking, she's got a pistol, they've got to do the thing where, like, she's reloading heaps, but they haven't really prepared for this, I feel, so she's going to have like to, steal ammo off people. Which oh, she's right, just, like, okay. fucking blasting shots yeah, okay. off. And she fires, like, 40 times. Yeah. <laughs> A r- around
0: and they never specifically show her reloading. But that's
1: it. But they do show her that. But they don't break to John in between the times when you no, expect you're, her. To you're doing take a the break thing. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, but it just felt like don't show me, don't show me her constantly being a f- like this stream of gunshots. In a film that's you know made a mean? specific point of not doing this in every and, other turn. And yeah. that was one of the things that I really respected about the original show was it showed how hard and careful, h- how careful you need to be and how difficult it would be to just have a pistol yeah. and be taking down like 20 people.
0: Like in the fights. there's a fight scene later where... Uh, Keanu Reeves has to prepare by absolutely... He has like a comically large belt with magazines in it. With out.
1: like 12... Ma- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and like one of the entire fundamental points, the ending of the second film and the start of this film is that uh, Morpheus gives him seven bullets only 7 bullets and he makes use of them right yeah. and uh, yeah exactly and, and it's there's this hyper focus on like the amount of ammunition that you actually have and the amount that you're using i can how see how that would then be annoying yeah get, right yeah. and it was just like oh well clearly you don't you didn't care enough to make this particular scene adhere to the rules that yeah. you've kind of made for yourself so i feel I, like i feel like a, a bit of it 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 was just Fraying at the edges of itself.
0: Yeah, I I feel like that's maybe a good summary of where this film kind of falls short. Is that each individual fight scene is brilliant, and each individual scene, and you can tell from the way he talks about it on on the talk shows, they've thought of individual staple fight scenes. Like, wouldn't it be cool if we had a scene with Halle Berry? Wouldn't it be cool if we had a scene with a motorcycle and he fucking Uh, hits the ninja sword in the motorcycle (laughs) corridor full of billion knives? Wouldn't it be cool if we had a fight sequence where like every surface is glass or whatever? Yeah. and the story and the kind of through lines. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to what? breathe straight in <laughs> the fucking mic. Sorry. Because <laughs> I keep breathing onto it. I feel like it's going to ruin it for the moisture. It's <laughs> like <a> fucking two-face. <laughs> um, and the story and the kind of through lines and the overall, like, uh, whatever, you, whatever you said, the themes and, like, the fucking lore. Oh, yeah. Kind of is sacrificed as a result of that. Yeah, a little which bit. Which is kind of annoying because the other two, I had kind of always considered, um, ever since I've watched them, as an example of a film that does both very well. Right. The last thing that I wanted to talk about
1: that I feel like this this does well, because then I feel like we should talk about yeah. the ending. So let's, yeah, chat about this, wrap it up, and then talk about the ending a little bit. Yeah. Um, was that... I? I I, I really do like... So, you, you talked earlier about how, like, it feels like people start coming out of the walls and, like, every single person... Or, no, actually, people aren't coming out of the walls. It's that you're looking at so many people that are part of this criminal underworld Yeah, that it becomes kind of almost implausible. And I feel like, is you know, by the end of it, like, a third of people... It's
0: like half of everyone in every public space is an assassin.
1: Right. Or at least is privy to a world that you, the viewer, are assumedly not privy to. Yeah. And I actually think that's a real strength and, and something that this that right. this film has done really interestingly because what it does is... Uh, so, if you have a few people, kind of like, let's say James Bond, just yeah. pulling it out of my butt. Um, James Bond... Has this element of like criminal under- underworlds and like um, you know the, this this idea of like espionage, but it's like
0: super secret. Like you would never ever ever come into contact with this world. Ever. Exactly. There's a few people. Yeah. You know, and this
1: kind of takes that and slides the slider
0: right up to the other. Kind of does the, the scale, Harry Potter thing. Where
1: exactly? Yeah. Where it's like, you know, half of people are in on this shit, and, yeah. and you
0: still are not. Like the and films I kind of imply that like like every homeless dude and like every taxi driver Yeah and every like,
1: public library. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So I, I, I feel like what it what it effectively does is it actually makes you more invested in being a part of this world because the more people that you see on screen that are part of that underworld, yeah, the more that it makes you feel like you should be a part of the underworld or that you're missing out and that more people yeah. know. Because when you're watching in a few characters worldwide a part of this thing, it's sort of like isn't it amazing how the world goes about its business and, you know, these things happen and we don't even know about them? But what this film is saying is, isn't it amazing how the world goes about its business and you don't fucking know about it because yeah. you're not part of that business? Wouldn't it be cool if you were part of that business, that huge, deep business that's it going is, on? It is really And cool. you're just in the out group, which is, you know, almost less than the people who are part of it. Yeah. And, and that's so I, I I do think that the absurdity of how many people are in in on this shit comes to be a real strength of the film because it makes yeah. you Believe more and more that, or it makes you invest more and more in that that world. I think
0: so, yeah. And it, it adds to the strength of the world building. I don't know. You yeah. could, you could argue that it's a bit incredulous at times. It but is. I think that yeah. when you're in the context of the film with the fucking gold coins and the, the just b- the idea. Of, if I had one of these, uh, yeah.
1: like wondering, like if I had one of those coins, what could I, what could I get, what could yeah. I do, yeah. and like who would I be able to give it to?
0: Who do I know? Well, you could get anywhere from one gun to a whole building. It seems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah,
1: and who would I have to give it to to get either of
0: those things? You because want a haircut? You want
1: Argentina? <laughs> <laughs>
0: All you need is or one a coin. Long black.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's just—I think it makes you think about. Well, I don't know. I, I didn't explicitly do this, but it gives you the sense that like you must have interacted with this or seen it or been. Yeah, near I, it, yeah. It does the. It's like, it like a Harry doesn't... Potter kind of thing. Yeah, it's but like, I feel how like the it's...
0: entrance to the Hogwarts. Uh, it, the entrance to Ninety Three Quarters is right in the middle yeah. of the most busy train station. In but
1: London. this is like most doors are <laughs> uh, platform nine and three quarters
0: <laughs> and you've just coincidentally never
1: walked into one of them you every know taxi I mean? is
0: platform nine yeah. and three quarters it
1: feels like you could go like into the city and go into any building in any random apartment building and you'll Splash open it up and course. there'll just be this huge fucking group of people like typing on typewriters with tattoos and shit <laughs> and uh, yeah i just think that that is a real strength of the world is how how much it, it pits itself as pervasive and ubiquitous, Yeah, which I think is really cool.
0: All right, so in general sum up of our spoiler-free review then, I think the action sequences are very good. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I think that stylistically there are a lot of strong points in the film. I think that aesthetically there was definitely some stuff that was impressive and then a lot of stuff that was sort of left a lot to be desired. A lot of stuff think, that was fine. I think that in terms of the three films, this was probably my least favourite. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, and the one that had the least impressive cinematography, the least impressive s- combination of story and law progressing the action forward. Um, I think but now's probably a good yeah. Would you still recommend it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I would uh, still.
1: I think despite that, it's it's exactly what you would expect. Yeah. Uh, maybe don't go in with as higher expectations as the other two, but it's still definitely worth your time.
0: I think if you watch the first two. You'll be invested enough that you'll you'll enjoy if you watched and enjoyed the first two. I think yeah. you'll be invested enough that you'll enjoy the third one as well. Yeah, I still I, enjoyed I, it. I agree. I think I just had very high expectations, that I'm not going to talk as much about what I liked as much as what I would prefer. To yeah, 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 yeah. Um, should we yeah. launch into some spoilers? Yeah, I think. All right. So. so if you don't want us to spoil the very ending of John Wick three, if you don't want to know any more about the movie than what we said right now, We've turn off. We've given you fucking more than enough time. All we're gonna Fuck do. Fuck out of here. All, all we're gonna Fall do is spoil the movie, give a better than worse then and then finish. So I'm about not to gonna spoil. Gonna that's it. I'm about to blow. Oh, I'm gonna blow. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the ending. I had to like really think about what the ending was because I think that. I kinda, don't
1: think it was an ending.
0: It wasn't really much, was it? So and this launches I also into. Um, think it was shit. Yeah, I agree. This launches into a bit of news that we cut out of the news earlier. Yeah. Um. I saw before I went in. Before this film had barely been out less than that, a week. That sucks ass. And they had already announced and publicly let. Like, well, publicly let everyone know that John Wick 4 was coming with out with a big picture of Keanu Reeves so like which if
1: I don't know about people listening to this I don't know about you but I for no reason assumed this was the end of a trilogy me too Right, why is that? Because they
0: build up, and build up, and the third film was like, right, literally everybody wants to kill him and he has nothing else to gain. He can't
1: make it past this. Um,
0: And I thought that this would be a great way for him to, I don't know, save his friends, sacrifice himself, and he dies. His dog's dead, his wife's dead, his whole house is burnt down, all his possessions are gone, literally like the photo of his wife has been burnt. He has yeah, nothing, and
1: he he has another one, and he leaves it in a book in a public library. Like he's leaving. Well,
0: they re- that's like in the third one. Like we don't see that until the third one. It's like, oh, jokes. He did have another one of those photos. Oh, I see what yeah. you mean. Leading um, up to it, yeah. But even so, but, then, he's like leaving his old life behind. It, leading up to it, it really did seem like he has nothing. He yep. can the story can end. And so when I saw number four come out, I thought, oh fuck. Yeah. Like this would have been a brilliant trilogy to just wrap up perfectly It'd like that done. in a nice, neat little bow. Yeah. And I think that my complaint earlier about there being so many pointless scenes and so many little arcs that are pointless yeah, is exacerbated and even and is even more annoying to me going into a film knowing this ending is going to be pointless. Right. Because there are no like, stakes. It's a Marvel movie thing. Well, oh, it's just any... Any movie where you know the main character isn't going to die, I suppose it's like going in on a TV series. I don't know. Like, you're watching... You know, people that watch Breaking Bad late, people that watch Game of Thrones late, you're watching Sopranos way late now. There's got to be some sort of... I don't know. You you, you know what I mean. But, like, (laughs) there's got to be some sentiment when you're watching this. Like, I'm kind of wasting my own time here. There are only so many main characters they can kill. Yeah. yeah, You know what I mean? And so, like... I suppose it's to the say they've just sort of TV showed it for me where like it now feels like I'm catching up on an old series because I know that John Wick's going to be fine. Yeah. I'm not enthused to watch the fourth
1: one at all. I don't, I don't re- I didn't yeah. really want more of him. I was, I was ready for him to, in a, I guess, Christ like fashion, yeah, sort of sacrifice himself or at yeah. least, or at least just be nothing beyond, like, I- he kind of lost who he was. Like, he lost his humanity. He lost anything but his I- identity as an assassin. He should have just killed until he died, yeah. and that's it. And he should and that <laughs> should have happened in this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, again, spoiler alert, he doesn't die, yeah, assumedly. No. Um, he's betrayed by... Uh, whatever the fucking name is, the owner of the Continental. Yeah, and so that's ale- a, but sort of he's sort of betrayed. I was talking once again to Zach about this, and he was saying how he wasn't sure if he if the if the owner of the Continental meant to kill him or was kind of giving him one last chance to escape. Well,
0: it definitely seems strange because like so the whole other side plot of this film we even really talk about in terms of like shit that's sort of goes to nowhere and bloats the film. Are these adjudicator people from the table are going? She, this chick and she's. Going going around as like a judge kind of thing to all of the people that helped John Wick in the second film by breaking the rules by breaking their rules yeah. so and like saying the, uh, the, the
1: continental guy gives him an extra hour and yeah, right. gives so him an hour to get it, away it, and then more John Morpheus Wick gives yeah, him seven bullets. So John
0: Wick kills someone in the hotel at the end of the second one and instead of being immediately excommunicated and dead he gives him an extra hour to escape before he like turns on the bounty on everyone yeah. and there's like a doctor that I don't know helps him when he wasn't supposed to. There's the fucking Morpheus gives him a gun when he wasn't supposed to. That sort of shit. Um, I thought I found that whole adjudicator seemed kind of boring. I didn't really care. Yeah, um, I just kind of thought like they were like ah, psych, psych. This character's not safe after all. Ah, um,
1: I think part of it was that the the character never did anything interesting.
0: Yeah, exactly. So she it's just like walked around and told people, you, "By the way, you're fucked." And she's not a very li- yeah. If she was an, int- I don't think she was a very interesting character either. Yeah, so no. sort of what you said. Yeah, but like not, she's not likable or intriguing. Wasn't, like intriguing exactly. Yeah. Like she's just boring, or dressed all in black, completely voice. Mon- mon- yeah, mon- she, f- monotone she fit voice. the
1: aesthetic, but didn't do anything interesting with it. Yeah, yeah
0: and. She kind of, she kind of didn't really even. There wasn't even any mystery to why she was doing what she did. She very clearly explained who she was, where she came from, <laughs> yeah. what her motivations were. Yeah. so you didn't really Nothing care. Nothing
1: left up to our imagination. Yeah.
0: So, so coming back to the leader of the fucking Continental betraying Keanu thing, um, the whole time it kind of seems like he was standing behind Keanu uh, legitimately because they were friends. And so at the very end when he screws him over, you can't quite tell whether it's this cutthroat hitman screwing each other over thing. or Which whether, fine. Or perhaps because they didn't sell it very well, the idea that they're going to deliberately be like, oh, no, nah, he knew you can he'll be fine this whole time.
1: Yeah, and like I think part of the issue with that is that it doesn't really hard commit either way. No. Is that it doesn't make him... I mean, there are some pretty, pretty indicative signs that he knew, or at least not that he knew that he would be fine, so he shoots him. Uh, for y- y- hopefully, you've seen it already. But he shoots him. Uh, the g- the owner of the Continental shoots John Wick, and he ends up John Wick ends up falling off the roof and like crashes down, hits like a balcony, and a whole like, bunch of shit kinda, on like, the way looks down. Looks like he breaks his back or whatever, yeah. and then like smacks down <laughs> on the ground. And then by the time someone goes to pick up the body, it's, it's gone. gone.
0: Yeah, right. It's gone. So I think and that
1: obviously it gets rescued by uh, yeah. one of the homeless dudes or something. I. I, I th- yeah, I yeah. think so.
0: Yeah, that that is what happens. I think the uh, the argument that could be made was if I wanted to kill you, you would have been dead before you hit the ground. Whatever, right. You know, but so it like, doesn't
1: have the tone that really fits that. And then <sighs> the the th- uh, concierge just just like, oh, well played, sir. Yeah. And it feels like that would only really he said he says it in the way
0: that's clearly like good plan, sir, or yeah, whatever. I, I didn't really. I thought that that concierge just kind of liked John Wick a lot more than he liked anyone else anyway so it's kind of weird that he was suddenly like yeah fuck John Wick am I right sir exactly hoi, hoi, yeah. hoi, hoi, hoi. Um, so it, it, it just didn't it was feel like ending. it, yeah, it no.
1: didn't feel like it committed enough to fucking John Wick over which would yeah. have been like the you know tragic death of a hero anti-hero yeah and it also didn't feel like it committed enough to letting him be this unkillable specter that is yeah. actually unkillable because we watched him die and yeah. he's not dead or whatever. So I think yeah. the
0: problem here then is for number four, if that continental guy becomes, uh, if the leader of the hotel becomes like the villain, I don't think it's very believable. No. because We've seen three films of him being John Wick's friend and going out of his way to make concessions to help John Wick. Yeah. And it doesn't really make he knew the stakes of what he was doing the whole time it doesn't really seem like it makes much sense for him to suddenly flip well he was willing Con- to like take
1: on the entire high table and go to fucking war with them for john wick yeah, yeah right so
0: exactly and, and so i felt then, like it was kind of cuz he was sick of it yeah i think so as well so it doesn't it seems like a weird change of character yeah. or the other the other possibility could be that maybe he was in it for himself but he did that as some kind of mercy to john wick be like i wasn't really trying to i was trying to trigger over, but you know i kind of gave you a chance and it's kind of just a piss week, yeah. Kind of exactly. cop
1: out option. I think it feels like uh, okay. So I think part of the reason is they've established this, especially the adjudicators. Even though we need to kind of actually do a lot of the mental legwork for them, with the adjudicators are meant to be these razor sharp,
0: see through all your bullshit. The rules characters. apply to everyone exactly as they say. And they we are.
1: can and we can see everything that you're doing. So it's yeah. not like you can't like get away with doing something under the table because we'll fucking know about under
0: it under the table. Uh,
1: yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then and then <laughs> yeah. he, like, kind of half-shoots him and, like, doesn't bother to see if he's actually dead or whatever.
0: And It, it seems it, sloppy in a way right. that the whole film and it's like, has I shown that... I she th- would
1: yeah. know that you didn't actually just try to kill him or she would make you go and kill him. Uh, or yeah. even if you tried, in inverted commas, to kill him and he, doesn't, he didn't die, they're not just going to let you off the hook by being like, yeah. well, I thought I fucking killed him. They're going to be like, well,
0: you didn't. You yeah. screwed up. You're going <laughs> to...
1: Be punished with the consequences. Without
0: focusing too specifically on this one bit, I think that maybe number four is going to go back and try and pull like, a, "We tricked you, you idiots!" Thing about that scene, and we're going to be like, "Oh fuck you!" No matter, no matter well, yeah. what, no matter what they do, it's going to be like, "Fuck you." I, I mean, he's clearly now. not dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, oh, but we know he's not dead, but like, it's a, whatever twists they try and pull, with the characters' relationships, right. and who knew that who knew that who knew is yeah. dead.
1: No, um, yeah, it's not intriguing then, anymore. And, and it, yeah.
0: yeah, so say so the very, very ending. If you don't care, we'll just tell you. It's <laughs> uh, just like uh, John Wick wakes up and like Morpheus is fucking Morpheus, Morpheus is fucking like revived him and brought him back from the dead. That's right. When he fell off the roof um, and has said like, "Oh, you're sick of this too, John Wick," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm sick of it as well." Um, and it's like, "Let's go to war. Let's go to war against everyone." And I just thought, I thought like, "Well, isn't this what this film is supposed yeah, to be?
1: The I've name f- meant prepare for war." Well, I suppose, like, prepare
0: for, for war, prepare for the fourth oh, one. Come on. But like, no, I thought like, well. I thought that's what this film was supposed to be. You've it literally was, yeah. you've literally just shown me all these characters you've shown me betraying this organization. You've shown John Wick and everyone wants to kill him and you've shown like this dude I think they could have wrapped it all up in one film. It wouldn't just th- this this there's just the hints
1: around this of this was meant to be the last one in the series and then a studio stepped in and was like, "No, nah, we can get one more out of it." Or, like, yeah. make it open-ended so that we can kind of do as many of these as is worth it. It just felt like it should have... It had all of the hallmarks of wrapping up and then just didn't wrap up. So, I just don't know exactly why. Because the first two were so <laughs> Like, cohesive. what if there's
0: 20 of these? <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> I, I, based on the fact that there's a fourth one, I, I can't say how many of them they'll try and get out. It wouldn't surprise me at all if there was a fifth and even a sixth one. You know, like... Yeah. Just like Fast and the Furious, where it's just it by the end of it, like I hope Keanu Reeves is just like, No, fuck you. Yeah. Because what what's annoying about it, even more so than uh the fact that a fourth one exists, is that none of the none of the things, none of the set pieces or the choreographed fights or anything in this maybe series, but specifically this last one could never have been in any other movie. They could have been in other movies. Yeah, They could have been in other Chad Stahelski films. He could have said, this is the last John Wick movie. And I'm going to make other action movies. Right. So save these weird things that just feel like they're shoehorned in and I'll make another action movie with a different character that does that thing there instead. And I think there's that
0: risk, there's that aversion to taking risks where they go, no, but it's Keanu Reeves and John Wick. Yeah, they will sell tickets. And this has been the most profitable one so far. Yeah. So it shows that the series is going from strength to strength. And I mean, the first one I think had... For like a, for I think it's Hollywood going from strength
1: to strength to yeah. a little, <laughs> yeah. a fair bit less strong.
0: Well, for like a Hollywood action movie with Keanu fucking Reeves in it. Yeah. The first one had a pretty low budget. It had yeah. a really low budget. Yeah. If you look at like Hollywood action movies. Yeah. It was uh, no, it was like less than a hundred million dollars, which is. That's pretty low. That's pretty low. Um, that's so a now... small amount of money. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so now this one, it, this one's been the most profitable one so far. Yeah, it's made like over. When I read that article, it made over like over 180 million dollars. Yeah, and it's the most wild.
1: sort of renowned it's ever been. The series, I guess. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, don't I feel just disappointed. Is what I feel. Yeah, it's not I've my <laughs> disappointment. Isn't my entire like it's not my main emotion, but for sure there was wasted potential.
0: I feel yeah. like scene to scene, having 70 percent of the scenes be really good isn't enough enough for me to come out of the film and be like that was great. Because, like, I literally came out of it and thought, like, oh, that kind of sucked. And then I thought back and thought, like, oh, no, but that scene was great, and that scene was great, and that scene was great. But it just leaves you with this overall impression of, like, oh, that kind of sucked. The ending was such a bummer
1: compared to the rest of the film. That Yeah. if If you're just relying on the ending to give you this sense of, like, satisfaction and conviction, that's not... Yeah, the ending sucks. Yeah, it's really
0: bad. It's not even, like, an exciting... Like, the first two have, like, cliffhanger endings that... Get you all hyped up, and yeah, this one just doesn't. want to
1: see the next one. No, this
0: one. The ending just sucks. You're yeah. like, "Are you ready for war?" I'm like, "No." I thought, I thought this yeah, was going to end
1: I'm Ready for? I'm. Re- I was ready for an ending. Yeah, that's that's my final word. I feel I was, I was ready for an ending, and this one yeah. did not deliver that ending. I just feel cheated. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, I, and I think that's that, <laughs> you know at the end of the day, like, and, it's, and it sucks because I had fun. I like, don't I feel, feel strongly about it, but it is quite disappointing.
0: Yeah, for um, what
1: compared to what I really feel like this could have been cemented as like one of the best, like up there with the one Matrix of the best action for series. action trilogies yeah. or like you know? yeah. the Bourne
0: films. I think are very good as well. Um, yeah, right. Also, I think it's weird that they pulled that Susie Chef slash Ninja out of their ass as the big baddie of the film like out of nowhere in the last the twenty movie. minutes.
1: Yeah, really, really weird. I thought yeah. that was bad, yep. and I
0: thought that they should have made the adjudicator lady that right. That, that that should have been the same person. And here. if lady And the weird sushi chef ninja dude should have just been the same person and right. slimmed down characters. Right. And if they wanted to do... Yeah, because
1: you could have even done some ham-fisted like, oh, fuck this, none of you can do it. I guess we're going to have to send an
0: actual member of the table yeah, to kill okay. you. And then like... Because then he... I think it feels like we're almost about to finish, but I'm just annoyed. Because sure. um, then, like, this ninja guy interacts with John Wick about, like, oh, John Wick, I've always been your fan. Yeah, that's And felt they weird. have this weird, like, um, I look up to you and you're my hero, but, never but I also really have to kill you. But it really gets explored. Yeah, and it comes out of nowhere. And yeah. so it's just this weird joke they try and start up, like, three quarters of the way. But it doesn't
1: feel like the end always of the movie. a joke, because then, like, once again, spoiler alert, like, when that character gets s- run through the chest with a sword. And the end is actually kind of like haunting, where he's like, "Yeah, just give me a sec, or I'll catch up with you." And, he's, no, you and he's obviously, yeah. And John Wick's really fucking cold. He's like, "No, you won't."
0: It's it's like, does he have a good reason to be really like cold towards no, him? No, that's or what not? I think. It felt like it felt like that character had two movies worth of backstory that we just didn't get, right? Because it, they are interacting in this lovable way where it feels that there's a joke already yeah. that we're all in on. And Especially there's not. The,
1: the moments where sort of one of them will get the other one on the floor and they'll they'll back off. Yeah. And the character will be like, yeah, just give me a fucking second to get up and I'll get yeah. my feet and then we'll keep fighting. Which is endearing in a way because it's like, well, I don't want to just kill you when I've clearly yeah. kind of like got in a cheap shot and you just slipped yeah. over or whatever.
0: And I really like that mentor-mentee, yeah, uh, I- you have to kill your idol type relationship. But it's kind of the, the iconic... Star Wars thing where it's like the Obi-Wan and Anakin yeah. um, fight where like you know they're each other's best friends or whatever they look up to each other and now they have to kill each other and they don't want to um, and I think that's that's kind of it seems like they were going for that and just didn't and I think that maybe if they had this adjudicator character that sort of went nowhere yeah and this ninja character that came out of nowhere if that had been the same person it would have made a lot more sense that this adjudicator character had been chasing after and trying to fuck over John Wick the whole film, yeah. because she's got some like complex about John Wick being better than her, about trying to be better than John Wick, trying to get one up over John Wick, and suddenly the whole film makes sense. Yep. boom! I just wrote a better film.
1: Um, yeah, it. I would be. I. It would explain a lot if this film was meant to be one thing and then a studio intervened and it became. Two or three or really other weird. things.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, should we leave it there for the week? Yeah, I think okay. so. Well, I think we're as, back. as we said,
1: <laughs> John Wick three still worth your time, especially yeah. if you. It's not worth your time if you haven't seen the other two. Yeah. Um, still worth your time, but yes, could have could have been a stronger end to the series.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, could have been an end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in terms of a better than worse than, I think that all of the John Wick films and John Wick 3 is no exception. Yeah. I think that John Wick 3 is better than your bog standard just an action movie. Insert yep. whatever action movie you think of yeah. I was talking about John Wick films with someone at work today the and Bourne I said movies, I think. No, they they're great. No. So <laughs> the John Wick films like I I, t- I talked to them with someone at work today and I said have you seen John Wick and he said that's just like a dumb action movie. Isn't like, it? No. no. It, this is better than whatever your just an action movie rank is. Fucking, I don't know. Transformers, what, uh, whatever yeah, Vin okay. Diesel this film you want to watch, like
1: any Michael Bay or like Fast and the Furious. I suppose
0: there's not even really like one dude taken Oh, whatever. Whatever you think of as, like your. I like one these more dude than James shooting. James yeah, One of the one dude shooting up. Oh, uh, it would depend on which James Bond movie for me. Yeah. But I think if if you think of like one dude, one tough guy shooting up a whole room of baddies type films, this is better than any of those films. Yeah. I think it's worse than, the first two John Wick films. I think it's yeah. worse than James Bond films if you think about like Skyfall. It's definitely worse than Skyfall. I
1: think the first John Wick would rival
0: sort of Skyfall. Like yeah. I, I
1: thought that it played on some of the genre tropes so well that it it was it really like was
0: I agree with you, but I'm talking about the third John Wick film. Okay, all right. I think all the right, third uh, John Wick yes. film Yeah, absolutely. is uh definitely worse than Skyfall. It's worse than the Bourne movies. Yeah. Um, and it's worse than the first two John Wick films yes so if you want to watch a good action movie that isn't as good as those upper echelons of greatest action movies that have been made like the better James Bonds like James Bourne (laughs) Jason Bourne like um, the other John Wick films like a lot of J names yeah um yeah, I reckon that's about where John Wick 3 sits for me. Would you agree?
1: I'll, yeah, I'll throw one more comparison into the mix. If you could just
0: agree with me and we could end, that'd be
1: cool. I do agree, <laughs> but w- one more one more into the mix of uh, action movies that have uh, an extremely strong focus on aesthetic. I think I said this in our original episode, but like the John Wick series as a whole... Comparable to like Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, right. Like action yeah, no, I'm movies down with where you, yeah. you, they need to look fucking incredible right, yeah. all the time.
0: So yeah, and that that reminds me of a kind of a parallel where you've got like Mad Max. If you could just agree like with me, so we can wrap this up, <laughs> that'd <would> be great. <laughs> Mad. That's what that feels <laughs> like. Um, like Mad Max uh, versus like Fast and the Furious, where you watch Mad Max and you're like, yeah. isn't that just like a dumb car moving? You're like, "No, no, it's it's yeah, it's, no, it's, it's like doing it's one different. step better than that." Yeah.
1: Yeah. But definitely the third John Wick film, not as good as... Not as good no as No way too. Yeah.
0: And they're going to really have to pull something amazing out of their ass um, to justify this. I like, if the fourth one is odd. incredible... I'm not excited... Oh, we, we we anti-unspoiled it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, if we had to get through all this is set up for the fourth one, fine. I hate you for the third one, but the fourth one's great. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, that would be one of those things that's like, okay, fine. Uh, stick through the third one because the fourth one's really right. good. Um but I, I don't really see that happening. I've kind of... No. I'm so uninfused by the ending of this film. Yeah, they're going they to have to do They even had me. Three quarters over. of the way through, they had me, and yeah. they just fucked the landing. Yeah. The, the fourth one's going to have to be incredible for I'm it not to be excited about it at this. all. And that's what I mean. They could have had this ending be halfway through and end on an amazing scene, and I would have just been hyped. It's literally just about the mood you're in in the last ten minutes of the film, yeah, I that think, really that decides your whole opinion. That's a
1: sour twist on the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um... Oh, well, <laughs> speaking of speaking, speaking of fucking the ending and <laughs> ending a on a sour tongue. note, yeah. <laughs> uh, th- thanks for listening to another episode of Beef Station. Uh, if you have any opinions on the John Wick series or you have anything else you'd like to share with us, our email address is beefstationpod at gmail.com. You can join us on Facebook where we try and remember to update you on all the episodes that come out each week. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash beefstationpod. I think that's about it there's other links in the description if you're interested yeah we got Twitter that I'm still
1: uh, still active active on yeah (laughs)
0: Um, if you've got any films you'd like us to see when we've run out of films we want to see in the cinema when it gets a bit quieter it's always nice to go to a backlog of audience suggestions and we'll try and get to the better ones still got (laughs) heaps thanks for joining us I'm Oscar and you see you later